This one is for all the ladies, but it's especially dedicated to my sisters, my nieces, my wife, my daughter, and to my mother, who kicked cancer's ass. Welcome to episode 64 of Good Beer Matters. Now I had a father come to me and say he lost his 25-year-old daughter to breast cancer. Probably good to just go early, but you can check yourself. A lot of times the men in their life find the tumors. We tell the guys, yes, you do it too. You never know. It's like finding an almond in oatmeal. This is a short series called Beer with Benefits. Armed with a smile and a tasty beer in their hand, these guests are changing the world for the better, one sip at a time. We cap off Breast Cancer Awareness Month in October of 2020 with the season three finale of Good Beer Matters. The floor dropped out underneath me the day my mother called to say she had breast cancer. My thoughts turned to all the women in my life, but especially to my wife and young daughter. Breast cancer is one of the most common yet treatable forms of cancer that affects women and some men. If you are in a group of eight women, at least one of you will be diagnosed with breast cancer. This may sound intimidating, but there are many organizations that help promote coping and curing this disease. My next guest founded one of these organizations and serves up some delicious beer along the way. My name is Jeremy. I'm a certified Cicerone, BJCP judge, IBD certified brewer, and a beer writer. I believe the art, the science, and the culture of beer has more of a profound effect on us than we realize. I believe there's a world of wisdom found in every glass, and I intend to get to the bottom of it. This is Good Beer Matters. These are the stories of us, of great food and the beer that brings it all together. I hope you enjoy episode 64 of Good Beer Matters with Beer for Boobs founder and White Labs Vice President, Lisa White. Um, I, I, uh, this is, uh, the next in the series of, uh, the beer with benefits and, um, and I have a, a, a particular, uh, th- this one is, is a bit personal. Um, I have, uh, w- you know, women in my life who are recovering from breast cancer, but, uh, this is, this is something that can affect, uh, not only women, but men, uh, but, uh, it can affect the people that we love in our lives and, so thank you for your work and and doing this. But I want to find out a little bit more about you and and your history in the beer world. Let's see. <laughs> How far should I go back? Huh? Um, but uh, I guess my biggest introduction to beer was during college, and I just don't mean kegger parties, but. <laughs> Um, I went to UC Davis, so we, there was always that, we had viticulture there, and then later opened up the brewing program, and that sort of introduced me to that world, and Chris White, who is our founder, um, was going to school there at the same time, and he took a whole course on malt, and I thought, wow, that's really crazy, I can't believe a whole course on malt, and then... We all started homebrewing together, and as we got better and better, I moved from just extract to all grain and tasting better beers as beers came 
on the market. That sort of was the big introduction for us to beer. At the same time, I was going to school for science. Uh, so was Chris White. He was uh, biochemistry, or cell and developmental biology. We're true nerds at heart. <laughs> and we went moved down to San Diego, and that was just growing so much in the craft beer industry. And we were just there alongside of it, still following our scientific and, education. And forgive me, Lisa, I, I don't want to pigeonhole you, and I don't want you to tell us uh, your age, but about what era are we talking about you guys moving to San Diego? Early 90s. Early 90s, okay. Early 90s. And, yeah, we made a lot of great friends who were brewers at the time. And Chris was doing his Ph.D. work, and I was uh, doing some baccalaureate work, and then actually went to medical school. So that sort of also uh, plays into the direction of our charity as well. Mm, okay. Yeah, so I, uh, Chris and I both opened up White Labs. Um, he took the helm on that while I was going to school. And then somewhere in, in going to school, I just, uh, I really, you know, just fell out of love with the medical industry, I guess is the best way you could say it. Not the people, not the patients, but the whole industry and the insurance. And I thought, wow, that looks like a better way of life. The grass is greener over there on the brewery side. Mm-hmm. So I, uh, I, I left and I went to do brewing. But I still take that science, the geeky science part of me, and that health aspect with me into my white lab side. And that's sort of why Beer for Boobs came about and why charities to us are really important. And also in, let's see, we started in 2008 and myself and some other coworkers at the time had, had people affected in our families with breast cancer. And we wanted to do something. So we decided to do the Susan G. Coleman three-day, a 60-mile walk all around downtown Del Mar, Mission Beach area of San Diego. The biggest challenge of that was to walk. Each walker has to raise $2,300. Oh, wow. And that's a pretty daunting task for almost anybody and we were just like, how are we going to do this? And we got other people at White Labs into it. And, okay, now we not only have to raise $2,300, we got to raise like $23,000 with about 10 of us on the team. How are we going to do this? And Joanne, Joanne Curley-Stevenson was like, hey, she works for us and our marketing manager. And she was she was saying, like, what if we got some breweries to help us? And we could put their logos on shirts or merchandise, and we could sell that to raise money. And I was like, that's a great idea. And we thought and thought about the name and then beer for boobs. So these breweries, these craft breweries, are supporting this charity that's going to raise money for boobs. Well, and 
I have to admit. Uh, first of all, like, are you well, right? I, I, I have I have to admit, being being a uh, warm blooded uh, straight male, it uh, beer for boobs is very catchy. <laughs> right, it's catchy, and then we wanted to go to beer festivals, so what a great way! Hey, there's beer for boobs, mm-hmm. and yeah, we just thought this will be this will be great. We'll get out there, we'll have literature. Later on, we raised enough money to have these prosthetic breasts that are tables that we show people how to do a breast exam just the awareness remember to check yourselves remember to go make that appointment for mammograms talk to somebody about uh what's going on with your health ask questions our vice president of beer for boobs is a good friend of mine that i met in medical school uh dr laura winter and she's based out of las vegas well that's kind of us well, what 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 made you um, uh, want to do that uh, that uh, uh, Susan Komen walk in the first place? Was was there? Did you have people in your life that uh, that were dealing with uh, this disease? Yes, I had a cousin who was fighting breast cancer. I had an aunt who recovered from breast cancer, and there was just. As a woman, was thinking, well, this would be great for women's health just to get out there. And so we signed up for the walk. And I have to tell you, at that point, it just knocked me, like, out. Because it was a lot of training to get up to where you could walk 20, 20 miles in a day for three days in a row. So we did a lot of training. I was five five and a half months pregnant at the time oh my gosh so it was definitely it was definitely tough and once we got done as we're walking it might have been the second day it's like i'm never doing this again oh you gotta be kidding me no way and at the end going through that line where people are like high-fiving you you did it awesome job i was like that's it i'm doing this again sign me up what do i sign up again couldn't believe it <laughs> after all my complaining and all those walks and blisters i was like yes i'm doing this again it was just this incredible high of knowing you're doing something great for somebody else yeah. and really where we're giving back to the people we were walking for and as soon as you do something like this you hear from everyone my mom has it my sister i just got diagnosed um, it just comes out of everywhere. And I think even to this day, and when we did festivals and I'm so tired and I, I don't want to do it right as, as like, oh, you got to go set up the tent again and talk to a million people. And then somebody will come up and tell you their story. Oh, I want to give to you because I just lost my cousin to breast cancer. Mm. She was 34 and she left three kids behind. Mm. And tears are rolling down my face at a festival. I'm like, yep, going to keep going. Yeah. Uh, I have a similar experience where, um, like you, I, I used to work in the medical field. In fact, I was, I was a fireman paramedic once upon a time in a past life. And, and, and I put together a team to go do the uh, Seattle stair climb that uh, supported leukemia. And, 
and you're in, in full uh, fire turnouts. You've got the breathing apparatus. You've got 50 pounds of, of weight on you, and you've got a mask on your face that's making you claustrophobic, and then you have to go climb 63 flights of stairs, if I recall correctly, and, and it absolutely sucked. And the whole time I was thinking, why did I agree to this? This is ridiculous. And every other oh, stair, yeah. and every other stairwell, then you had a big poster um, that either said in honor of or in memory of. And if that's not a gut wrenching um, um, motivational poster, then I don't know what is. And and it really got you to push harder because what you're experiencing right now in this event is nothing compared to what these people have experienced in the in for months or years of their life. And and to be able to accomplish that and provide, you know, just a short-term amount of, of suffering to hopefully accomplish yeah. some good, uh, it, it was, it was the, the highest high I've, I've, I had in a very, very, very long time. Exactly, exactly. And the other motivation for me, which is extremely personal, is I lost my mother to stomach cancer in 2016 hmm. and and even though it was stomach cancer not breast cancer I still feel like you know we helped solve one cancer the other one is hopefully just around the corner but we also you know are big supporters of the American Cancer Society and one of the reasons I am such a big supporter of them is because they have a wonderful program called Road to Recovery and these are all volunteer drivers. I'm a volunteer driver, and I drive cancer patients to, from their home to their doctor's appointments, to their chemo treatments, to their radiation treatments, wherever they need to go. Sometimes I take them and some other person brings them back or vice versa. I do the whole thing. And I love that, and that really came from losing my mom because during that time she had chemo, she wasn't always able to drive herself. And, you know, I'm pretty much our only family, and we, uh, a couple of times a volunteer would do it, but other times, you know, I was like, hey, I got to leave work, I got to go take my mom to chemo. But if you don't have someone, that's what this program is for. So that's another great program. I just wanted to mention it out there for and, people listening. And what's the name of it again? Get, it's Road to Recovery with the American Cancer Society. And it's available pretty much in every city. So I started here when I moved to Asheville, North Carolina. We've got a lot of people who, who need rides. And it's all volunteer. So you can volunteer once a month. You can volunteer once a week. Whatever you can give, that's, that's, that's it. And right now, sadly, we're on suspension because of COVID. But I, I miss driving my, my patients around, and they, they teach me a lot about what people are going through, and that helps me also create different things we can do with Beer for Boot. And so, in kind of preparation for this, I looked up a few uh, factoids. Actually, here, I'm going to hold, I'm going to put a pin in that question. There's, there's something we need to cover before we get there. Um, what, is the, what is the mission or the purpose of Beer for Boobs? The mission is to use our brewing community and those businesses who also support our, our way to increase 
awareness against breast cancer and raise money for organizations that help people who have breast cancer and support research against breast cancer. So essentially uh, to get education out there and advocacy and, and all that sort of stuff, correct? Yes. Um, but we're trying to do it, and, you know, it's sort of in a, a silly but serious way. It starts silly and then turns serious. So the name just that at a festival, and people look and snicker, or they see the, their boobs on the table, and they look. They're not really sure they want to come. We wave them over. Come on, come on. You want to try this? What is it? They say, and... And I can't tell you, especially, you know, younger women in their 20s will say, I didn't know what I was looking for. I didn't know how to do this. Mm -hmm. They tell you to do it at school, but I don't know how to do it. And uh, so that's great. And I've had ladies come who have had breast cancer and found it themselves. And they, they say, that's exactly what mine felt like. And it's one of those moments where you go, yeah, we're doing a good thing. And it seems to me that, uh, especially at a, a event where everyone's in, intentionally going there to just drink and have a good time, um, you know, I bet there's a lot of laughs and giggles and comments uh, flying left and right. But, but I mean, you know, well, you probably do really know. But uh, for the listeners, you know that at, at when you go home from that event, um, you, you kind of really start thinking about that and start thinking, huh, uh, I, you know, I, maybe I should look into that. That's that could be something. Uh, that's a very big deal, but you're planting that seed of, of information of, of, Hey, just so you know, this is something that can happen. Right. right. And every time you put on that hat or wear the hoodie or put on the shirt, maybe that reminds you too, like, Oh, I got to check myself this month. Yeah. I got to do that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, and I looked at, uh, I want to learn a little bit more about you know, what to look for and, and, and things to be aware of. Uh, for example, in preparation for this, I looked up and, and I didn't realize, but um, according to, uh, oh gosh, what was the website? The National Breast Cancer, oh gosh, I had it right there, uh, Foundation. That's what it was. Um, one in eight women will get breast cancer in their life. Is, does that sound about right? Yep, that's exactly right. And, and so what are the things that women need to know and women need to be, frankly, just aware of to look for? The biggest thing I think is really you have to know yourself very well. And that's what we try to tell people. Try to do this, your breast exams at home, at least monthly, because you need to know what feels normal for you. Because your breasts can be more fibrous than than other people. Your your breasts may have be lumpy close to menstruation or something like that. But you need to know what your breasts feel like. So that way when something feels out of you know, different, you'll know it. You'll you'll be able to feel it yourself. And a lot of ladies do find their own tumors. But Another thing that is pretty amazing that I've learned at these festivals is a lot of times the men in their life find the tumors. Mm. They find it. So um, that's why when we go there, we like we tell the guys, yes, you do it too. You never know. Um, you might find uh, a growth on someone else. Yeah. So that's, that, 
an interesting turn of events when we started doing festivals. And I'm sure that's that's also fodder for a lot of men to say, "Hey, honey, I, I gotta I gotta check you. I gotta check you. You know, which which <laughs> exactly. you. Know, but but then again, we can turn this into a fun thing too. Yeah, the other thing I was going to say was for for women, men, everybody to really be your own advocate, especially with your doctors and insurance, because sometimes you know, even my doctor said, "Oh, you don't need to have a mammogram every year." The insurance company says you can have one every two to three years if yours are normal. And I was like, nope, having one every year. <laughs> Just because they said that's fine, you don't have to, to take that. And a lot of ladies, and I know quite a few have said, if I hadn't had my annual I this, and had waited another year, the tumor would have been a lot larger or... I, you know, it may have been gone to stage three, and I caught it at stage one. But just because there are some people, some sources that say, hey, you don't have to have one for three years. And if you feel like, no, I need one every year, then by all means, fight your doctor for it. You can do it. You can, or reach out to one of the organizations that can help you um, pay for a mammogram if your insurance company is gonna isn't going to provide funds. And and frankly, uh, and forgive me for any uh, insurance people out there, but um, who are listening to this, but uh, you know, insurance companies, um, it, it seems like their job is to avoid paying for stuff sometimes. Um, so uh-huh. they they should insurance should never dictate your medical and health needs. And so I appreciate you saying that. Uh, and in fact, uh, 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 in a interview uh, prior to this one, we we talked to um, uh, Rick Like from uh, uh, Pines for Prostates, and and he talked about it. and and being male, I, you know, I asked the question: At what point do I need to start thinking about my prostate? And and my doctor told me, you know, at 50 years old, and uh, and that's kind of like the the standard answer to that question. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, through his experience and through, uh, actual medical research, they found no, no, it, it needs to be closer to 40, maybe even earlier, depending on your circumstances. But 50 is the insurance company answer. And that, uh, uh, that can, that can do a lot of damage to people. Right. Exactly. I I mean, like we said, everybody's different, but, and, you know, do you have a family history? Have you never had children have you breastfed all these things can have different factors that could affect if you get breast cancer Hmm. so you know you got to look into that also uh so what what other things should women think about i mean at what age you just brought up you know if if there's a history in your family of, of breast cancer then obviously you need to get checked out sooner but uh, at what age should women really start uh, checking things out, uh, getting mammograms? You know, being male, I don't know this, but being married, I I have some idea. So, what what is it that women need to know, and and the men in their life need to understand as well? Again, you know, it's gonna. Depend a little bit on your history, but I think that I, after 
I would say in your early 20s, you can start, you know, doing your monthly exams. Um, it's never too early is probably the takeaway because, again, hearing a lot of stories from a lot of women, um, you know, I had a father come to me and say he lost his 25-year-old daughter to breast cancer. <laughs> I was in shock. Hmm. And he said, yeah, and this is another thing about advocating for yourself because she developed a cough and they sort of blew her off and, and said, no offense to doctors, I have a lot of friends, but, you know, they just said, oh, you know, you just, you have an allergies or something and you're, you'll be fine. You're 25. Um, they didn't even think about checking her breast. And then mammograms, I believe, they say about 45 or so, but um, I think the new recommendations even going down to 40 to get your, like the first standard um, mammogram done. And when I posted the other month or so when I went to have my mammogram and, and you know, somebody said, yes, please remind people to get them early because, you know, he had lost his, oh, I think it was his wife's sister had lost, uh, on breast cancer at 42, I believe. So whatever you're thinking, it's probably good to just go early as, but you can check yourself definitely mm. early, you know, your home exam, the easiest thing to do. And what we show people or yeah, actually show them with these prosthetics is that, you know, you're looking for a mass in there that's hard and it's like um my friend laura uh describes it the best and she's a primary care doctor she says it's like finding an almond in oatmeal and mm -hmm. that is what you're 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 what you're feeling for and when you feel that go to the doctor that's that's uh that's a really good analogy actually mm-hmm um, now, the other part of this, too, is breast cancer is is obviously f focused 99%, I'm, I'm just pulling this out of the air, but let's just go with it, 99% um, of the time focused on women, but men can actually uh, um, get, um, get diagnosed with breast cancer as well. It's, in my understanding, it's very rare, but it does happen. Um, have you uh, talked to any um, men that you've encountered through, uh, through all these... Uh, events? Yes. Uh-huh. And um, I specifically remember like two years ago being at uh, the Great American Beer Festival. And a guy came over and he said, I had breast cancer. I said, you did? He goes, yes. Do you know how I found it? I said, no, tell me. He said, can you come over here? I said, sure. And he gives me a hug. And he's a bigger guy. So I, I probably went right to his <laughs> breast area and he said, uh, just like that, I hugged somebody, and their head, because it was a little bit hard, hit right in my breast. And he's like, ooh, what was that? And he felt something, and, uh, and that's how he found it. Now, he was really lucky that that person hit just that right spot because he said, I would have never checked, right? Um, but they do say that when men get it, it's usually – uh, a higher morbidity rate because they they don't check and by the time they something happens or grows or they feel it it's you know, it's a later stage 
Mm. And it, it seems to me that in the uh, culture of women, uh, you know, generally speaking, um, that, uh, you know, at, at a certain age, you go for your annual wellness exam or, or you go see the doctor mm-hmm. annually, and that's, that's kind of accepted and normal for the most part. Men, uh, from my experience, uh, being one, um, we don't go to the doctor until something has fallen off or, or, um, just doesn't work anymore, you know, type of, uh, that type of mentality. And so, um, uh, you know, we, we men, um, you know, if you ask a man, it's like, you know, it's a, it's a walk it off princess type of thing. Other people might call it just flat out denial, but, um, but, uh, we do need to be aware of, there are things that will, that will reach out and, and, and bite us. And, and, uh, and if you ignore it, it can all go away. So, uh, it's, it's important to, for men to know your body, to know, um, what's going on. Um, you know, advocate for yourself, all the stuff that we're talking about specifically toward women, men have to do as well. Exactly. And just looking at if there's some kind of breast changes that you can see in the mirror, even we talk about that with ladies who come to the booth besides just actually feeling with the pads in your fingers, you just like, it, do you, the nipples look right? Is one starting to invert or kind of go inside? Do you see any dimpling or stippling, sort of like an orange peel somewhere on your skin? in the breast area that could be another sign that the mass is pulling the skin in a little bit and you're getting that dimpling all that stuff you can male female you can see that in the mirror if you're looking and there's been a few ladies who came that said that that orange peel look on the side of their breast they they caught that first because they weren't doing their monthly checks Hmm. Yeah, if, if something is different, then it it behooves us to find out why, and hopefully it's just no big deal. But if something's different, we need to find out. Right. Um, well, and and I I meant to uh, kind of launch into this in the very beginning, but uh, we we can kind of uh, cap this off too with um, um, so a a big sponsor, and I I suspect I know um, how you were able to wrangle White Labs in, into being a big sponsor. Um, <laughs> Uh, cause, cause you know, a guy <laughs> and, and actually you're, you're a founder as well. So it was easy to kind of marry the two together. But, um, um, so how has the whole, uh, the beer community played out in supporting this awareness of, of breast cancer? Oh, they've been really supportive. They invite us to beer festivals. They have a do pint nights in their breweries. They, some of them will even brew pink beer for us and part of the proceeds go to Beer for Boobs. There's a lot of fun ways besides them just reaching out to us saying, we'd like to be a sponsor. We want to be on the t-shirt. We want to be on the glass. And all that, those things are great. But overall, they've been really, really supportive. And I, in general, the brewing community is that way. It's really great. Yeah, it, it, well, you were in the medical biz and I was in the medical biz and we both left because 
beer is so much better. Even when we have a bad day, no one dies and we still end up with a beer in our hand. And, uh, and, and so everyone, um, tends to be, tends to be more joyful, even, even when we're dealing with the little stresses of this, that, and the other thing. Um, but that impressed me so much that the beer community is always up for a good cause. Yeah. Generally speaking. And, and I, this is a, this is a great cause. Um, uh, and just, just to, I want to make sure I, uh, tap my foot on all the bases. Uh, tell us a little bit more about white labs. Uh, I, and I will say, and all, and all the stuff will be in the show notes, but we do have an interview with Eric Fowler from white labs to talk about yeast and a little bit of background. So that's available as well, but will you give us a little synopsis of, of white labs? Sure. So white labs, we primarily make yeast. Uh, so we, we grow our little cultures up, and they're, they're kind of our little babies, and we send them out to, to the world to different breweries to make beer. Because without yeast, then you'd be drinking some sugary wort. <laughs> um, so, but we can send them to distilleries and wineries and everything that has alcohol in it, has had yeast somewhere in its life. And uh, we think that's a pretty great business to have so we we grow the yeast but we also do a lot of fun things that help breweries whether they need help with specific fermentation they might need particular nutrients Um, maybe they want to come to a class to learn more about yeast in general take a lab course from us we do all that too so it's essentially we are another raw ingredient for beer, but we kind of take that up uh, up a level and try to really be a partner with the, the breweries and distilleries and wineries that we have as clients. Well, and on the website, too, there's there's a, a, a great repository of, of information and education as well, too, for those who want to learn more. Um, and then uh, we had to be more creative now during COVID. Yeah. So we've got some real great things and YouTube with the pitch on it, which is like a little brewing show. It's really cute. <laughs> and 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 that's one of the things I that I I try to um, get across on this podcast is is beer is a doorway to the rest of the world, uh, or, or something better, uh, just trying to find something better, whether that is seeking better beer or better tasting ability or better food pairing ability, um, or better food pairings. Um, this series really is to talk about how beer can be a, a gateway, a door to, um, better health, better social good, uh, better, uh, fostering better community. There's so much that, that is in a glass of beer and and uh and so i'm i'm really glad that you you brought this uh beer for boobs into the world especially through the lens of beer i think it's a perfect marriage thank you so much um and so i've got a few questions to to wind down but uh it sounds like you just had a comment oh i was just gonna say um yeah even well right now i I, (laughs) for a lot of our uh, customers, fellow brewers out there, you know, COVID's been pretty pretty tough, um, but we're managing through, um, and even here at work, 
we're we're showing up every day because we know there's people still need that still need that beer. They want to can it. They're getting it out to the masses, and that's awesome. Um, for us at Beer for Boobs, we um, we've had to go back and we did our website a little bit more, um, so that way it's easy for people to come search for what what we might be doing and have tidbits of help on there and information. And then we're launching our store pretty soon because we can't get out there to all these festivals that we love and miss. So that's coming up soon. So we're really excited about that. I'm, I'm really hoping that we can uh, put on some festivals again soon and, and um, not only get you guys out, out there, but there's a lot of good causes out there. So hopefully we can share a pint in public again soon uh in a larger larger format i should say and so lisa to uh i've got a few wind down questions um to ask you and and the first one is if you could be queen of the beer world for a day what would you change oh what would i change in the beer world uh taxes uh Let's see. I just, I, it would be nice if the restrictions on some of these old time laws that are out there could just get taken away um, for a lot of breweries. And, you know, different states are, are so uh, completely different from another that I think that would probably be the biggest one. It's just, just not as restrictive for, uh, breweries to, to get their great product out there. Well, and I can think of a couple examples, but can you uh, give us just one, uh, just one law that's a little, little antiquated and ought to go away? Um, I think, for example, the tap room in San Diego, if you don't serve an actual menu, um, you can't have other beer besides your own available, <laughs> which I think is rather funny because, like, well, you're serving beer, um, and, you know, they have little snacks or whatever, but you can't serve other people's beer. And that was really a bummer to me because you, oh, it would be great to showcase uh, what our customers are doing with our different strains also besides the ones that we're doing in our tap room. And we can do that here in Asheville, because we have food but that was just an example of one that just seems a little silly in um san diego it's like for whatever reason i I always remember that this was a law in the books somewhere in the south i think but uh, you couldn't walk down the street with an ice cream in your back pocket you know it was it was like that was a law that was actually on the book somewhere (laughs) it was just it was like you know that, that had to have been a prank to begin with it was just funny so some of these you just kind of shake your head and wonder uh, so, right, exactly. Right. Um, so if, if you could choose your very last meal and your very last beer before you depart the earth, what would they be? Hmm. I'm going to go with... What should I go with? Ooh, that's a tough question. <laughs> I um 
it just popped in my head, so I'm just gonna go with it. I'm gonna go with fish and chips. Well, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna kick it real old school and go with uh, Liberty Ale. I don't even know if they make it anymore at, at Anchor oh, yeah. in San Francisco. Ooh, that, that just reminds nice. me of, uh, uh, you know, I I was in California for a long, long time, so mm-hmm, yeah. that just popped in my head. So I'm gonna yeah. go with that one. Awesome. Uh, I, I like that one. I, I'd say uh, fish and chips with the Liberty Ale um, on a pier somewhere, <laughs> listening to the seals barking yes. or something like that, That's right? Yeah, so pier. Right. Not right yeah. now because it's so funky, those guys are so, so, yeah. so bad. But oh, yeah, um, yeah, that's that's my childhood, going into the city because I used to grow up in, I was, I was in San Jose, California for many, many, many years. Well, you have um, a, a, quite a bit of history in the beer world, and uh, but it, it's branched off into so many di- uh, different directions as well that I'm aware of. Um, so I'm, I'm intrigued by your answer to, to this question. Um, in your experience, why does good beer matter? Overall, I think it fosters a great community within the breweries with each other with your community with the residents living in your area and that kind of results in a little pride too like hey our beer here and and Asheville's great this guy over here makes it and he puts crazy stuff in it this guy's really traditional but as long if it tastes good right and it just fosters that community and people want to go as a group. You go here. Let's let's go try the new beer at uh, New Trappel, um that they just brewed down the street. It's so great. Oh, I've been to Belgium. It is just like that. Just it just fosters that community. I think that's really why good beer matters. Hmm, that's that's good. Um, yeah, I I find it so interesting how I can have conversations with people from all around the world talking about a vast array of different things um but it was really beer that brought us together that, that that's saying that's saying a lot um how can uh, if anyone wants to learn more about white labs or beer for boobs where can they go to connect for white labs it's uh whitelabs.com for beer for boobs you can go to it's beer uh, f and then four f o r boobs dot org, and you can find us at both those places. And you can just get on the website and find all our different things. And beer for boobs, hopefully, we'll have we're going to have some events coming up soon, and some virtual event too. We're we're trying to do a, a fashion show week. And also here in North Carolina, we're going to be doing a lantern lighting in October. So October is going to be pretty busy for us and then early November. So check it out. Great. Um, And I will uh, link those in show notes as well. And uh, last question, do you have any final words of wisdom for us? (laughs) I do. Uh, Support your local breweries. Always, always, always. Awesome. Uh, yes, go uh, support your local breweries and 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 
check your breasts and husbands check your wife's breasts and 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 have a beer maybe not at the same time right exactly you can grab a can and check the cans yes uh-huh. <laughs> yes <Unintended. laughs> yeah love it we, we, we let's end on, let's end on that thank you so much for coming on to the podcast i i really appreciate your work and uh in sharing the your your knowledge and insights with us sure thank you so much a breast cancer diagnosis doesn't have to be devastating early detection increases your chances of beating the disease so grab a good beer and include your partner in your self-exam The relationships and experiences we're trying to build are much better when everyone is alive and well enough to enjoy them. Good Beer Matters is a show about great beer, great friends, and the experiences we create together. But it's also about better appreciation of the beer you enjoy. I believe better education leads to better enjoyment. So if you're a beer and food professional or even a beer enthusiast, then please subscribe to Good Beer Matters and visit me at goodbeermatters.net. This is the end of Season 3 of Good Beer Matters, but I'd love to hear about your favorite episodes and who you'd like to hear from in Season 4. Stay well, and we'll see you soon when we return in 2021. Until then, grab a beer, hang out with friends, and let the world open up. Thank you for listening. Cheers. If you have found this podcast educational or even entertaining, please go to iTunes and leave a review. It really, really helps. Thank you.